Well, hello and welcome to this week's edition of Yes Mother. Today, we're not doing any Bates talk, we're not doing any Buffy talk, no Angel talk. Today is our top 10 movie list. This is something a listener of ours requested we do a long time ago, and we're doing it. So, I'm Sue. And I'm Em. I can't seem to face up to the facts. I'm tense and nervous and I can't relax. I can't sleep cause my bed's on fire. tears and how much sweat <laughs> how many sleepless nights and spreadsheets <laughs> and how many scribbles out and additions and i should take a picture of my top 10 and I post it on too. facebook it's hilarious you would not believe how many <laughs> scribbles and arrows and <laughs> <laughs> like seriously it cracks me up. <laughs> <laughs> How many movies went from contenders to top ten, and then back to contenders, and then back to top ten? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> but it's done. It's done. So. And yeah. I went more sentimental. And when it all was said and done, I chose sentimental favorites. I did, too. I went... Yep. I just, I don't want to lose listeners by saying, having people listen to this and then be going, those are the movies Emily thinks are the greatest movies ever made. No, they're not. (laughs) These, this is not that kind of list. This is a list of movies that are my favorites. They're just my favorites. Yep. I agree. My list is definitely not the top ten best movies in the world. I think some of them are on lists that are considered some of the top, you know, movies. Like, maybe in the top hundred. Um, yeah, but these pro- are I probably have a couple, too. Yeah, these are my favorite movies. These are the movies that, you know, if someone had a gun to my head and was like, you are going to be on your own for the next ten years, you can take ten movies with you. <laughs> <laughs> these are the ten. People usually say Desert Island, not gun to my head. <laughs> <laughs> I thought Desert Island was a little too cliche. (laughs) Well, your imagery was great. Thank you. Yep. These are the movies out of my collection I would grab. Um, I think I do own all of them. And, yeah, they're just the ones I would watch over and over again and be happy watching. But agreed, not what I consider the top ten best movies ever. So, all right. Start with me. 
<clears throat> and mine are not in any particular order either. They're but... not! <laughs> that was I... one of my biggest annoyances was putting them in order. And Oh, really? I'm still iffy about my order. Yeah. I mean, I would say for the most part it is. But, I mean, it was almost impossible to even put together a top ten, let alone rank those. So, I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, no, mine's not. I'm just going to keep mine in the order, but (laughs) just know that they have been moved around and moved around. And and I've sweated, and there's been tears. (laughs) Yes, oh yes. I I had to give myself, I, I gave myself the same deadline we gave the listeners because I would have just worked on it so I was like okay November 1st and I haven't looked at my list until last night so and I didn't do any I think I did one more tweak last night and that's it so okay so my number 10 I'm just getting it out of the way is the Lord of the Rings (laughs) (laughs) it's been on many people's lists today I know. I was happy to see that because it's another one that is kind of popular to hate on it now. Um, really? Yeah. So. So yeah. Haters gonna hate. Haters are gonna hate, and I don't care. But the Lord <laughs> of the Rings trilogy. If I had to pick one, mine's Return of the King, the third one. Mm-hmm. I love Middle Earth. I love the Shire. <laughs> I love Hobbits. I love Gandalf. I love Rivendell. I I just love this whole world. And I, Peter Jackson, did a fantastic job bringing that world to life on the screen. You know, I've read the books. I, re- I read them for the first time in seventh grade, and I've read them three times since then. And just never in growing up loving those books, never did I think there would ever be a good movie of it. And he nailed them. Hmm. So... I know there's a lot of walking. I don't care. They're walking in Middle Earth. I love Middle Earth. (laughs) (laughs) I love the music. I love the cast. I don't know. I just love... I love these movies. So, Lord of the Rings, number 10. Awesome. My number 10 is Sabrina. This was my... Oh, you know what? I shouldn't say entry point into Audrey Hepburn, because I think Charade actually was. Um... Sabrina discovered it in junior high. I'm talking about the old one. Right. The remake. Right. (laughs) When they did the remake, we were like, I don't know about this. (laughs) My friends and I, because we already had (laughs) been watching. Yes, we had been. (laughs) Then it was Julia Armand, and we hated her so bad already from uh, uh, the Camelot movie. I don't know. She was. She played uh, Guinevere. Guinevere. With the that whatever adaptation that was of Camelot, and King Arthur. So when she was the new Sabrina, and it was it was Harrison Ford whom we loved, right? And Greg Kinnear loved, and it was her, and we were like, nope, we just hate her, and I just anyway love the original, and actually. When they've been talking about uh, what's his, they've been talking about Audrey Hepburn in the latest. You must remember this, and they talk about how what a hard time they had. I'm a big 
um, Billy Wilder fan. Mm-hmm. Seen them all, all of them, many times. <laughs> and I just, it's apparently, um, what's his name? Darn it. Err. Humphrey Bogart. <laughs> just there was a lot of tension between the main cast, William Hurt, and I know I didn't know any of this, and I had grown up with that movie, so it was interesting to hear all that backstory. Um, and he was a little old to play the older brother and everything by that time, but it worked for me. I just loved her transformation. She was the most adorable thing ever, and mm-hmm. just love that movie. That is a sentimental favorite. That's a great movie. I like I like Sabrina too. Just the cute little uh, mousy girl gone chic is a great little story, and then the love triangle and all of that. Yeah. Nope. That's a good one. All right. All right. So my number nine is uh, Shortcuts. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 1993, directed by Robert Altman. It is based on some short stories by Raymond Carver. Um, I had already read about half of the short stories uh-huh. when the movie came out. Um, they were in, most of them were in a collection called Will You Please Be Quiet, Please, which is a great collection. Um, the movie focuses on, I'd say, maybe 10 or so different stories that parallel and connect here and there. So it's Uh kind of a non-linear storytelling device. Well, this is a much like love actually. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. So like someone that's part of one storyline will show up as a bit character in another storyline. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. But it's in London, not a LA. This is LA. I've just pulled it up on IMDb. Oh, (laughs) Um, yeah. The movie just winds its way through each story. It hops back and forth. The cast is amazing. It's there's Robert Downey Jr., Lily Tomlin, Matthew Modine, Julianne Moore, Jack Lemon, Tim Robbins. My Jack Lemon, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> Francis McDormand, Tom Waits, and he huh. plays Lily Tomlin's husband, and they are the best couple in the world. Oh no way! Oh, Tom Waits is so, I love him so much. I've never seen him act in anything. Oh, I've seen a couple things that he's. Uh, this is so fantastic. Maybe I have actually. Um, I'm going to add shortcuts. That's... I have it if I you better. want to borrow it. Okay. Um, Lyle Lovett also has a great part in it. Uh-huh. Huey Lewis is in it. I mean, it's... I've been watching this movie since it came out in 1993. It's one I'll just... I'll put on, like, a couple times a year while I'm just doing stuff. And I don't know. I'm a huge Robert Altman fan. I mean, I even love Cookie's Fortune. I, I love his movies so much. <laughs> The player is probably my second favorite, but I had to go with Shortcuts because it's just, I just love that movie. And it's, it just came out at a time when I was realizing that movies are more than just like comedies and romantic comedy, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, that's a movie? That's good. You know, it (laughs) makes you think and it surprises you and yeah, it's great. I'm excited to see it. Yep. So, yep, that's my number nine. My number nine is kind of a, probably on a lot of people's, although it hasn't shown up today, is Annie Hall. 
I love Woody Allen movies. And this one, it makes me, like, happy to start it. It's one of those movies that you're like, oh, I can watch any all. <laughs> <laughs> I love Annie Hall, too. I squealed a couple months ago when it was added to Netflix. I was like, ooh, I can watch this anytime I want. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was just recently added. Sweet. Yep. I'm going to watch it. It's just a favorite. It's one of those rainy day. Yep. I feel like watching Annie Hall. That's, there's not much to everyone knows that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't seen it, you gotta see it. You gotta see it. It's a good intro to Woody Allen. It is. It is. Yeah, I would say it's definitely in my top three favorite Woody Allen movies. Mm-hmm. I would say that, Hannah and her sisters, and I love Manhattan Murder Mystery. <laughs> I love that one, too, and that was Diane Keaton. <laughs> that was a later one. Mm-hmm. With Alan Alda. Yeah. Yep. That's a great one. But, no, good pick. That's an excellent pick. Thank you. Um, all right. My number eight is Zodiac. <laughs> <laughs> so now I've got like two that are on Harold's. One on Harold's. <laughs> um, this was 2007, directed by David Fincher. I love a good murder crime mystery type movie. Um, this has Robert Downey Jr., Mark Ruffalo, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Uh, um, I love, so I, Robert Downey and Mark Ruffalo, I love. Jake Gyllenhaal, I've enjoyed everything I've seen him in. I think I've too. Yep. And I really enjoy David Fincher movies, so this is just a no-brainer to be on my list. Um, And I've just always thought the Zodiac Killer was a specially interesting story, you know? Yeah. So I was happy when I heard this movie was being made, and it's damn near perfect. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. I mean, they did such a good job, like, because it's mostly based, like, in the 1970s, and they didn't go, like, over the top with the late 60s, early 70s. You know, sometimes movies will just kind of do it when it comes to, like, the costuming and the hairstyles. Yeah. I don't know. Dazed and confused you know. Fine. Yeah, those are teenagers. Right. I don't know. It's like, in this movie, you know, these are all professional men. They... You know, they work in a um, newspaper office, and some of them are, you know, detectives and stuff. And, like, their hair is just perfectly shabby, and they don't overdo it with, like, the plaid and stuff. I don't know. I just – it looks like you're in that time. And, yeah, it's just great. It's just – it's really fun to see – it emphasizes so much on the – task of like investigating and putting pieces together because this the zodiac killer killed in all different counties in california not just not just like northern he also hit southern and so it's just interesting to see like pieces fall together when you know they're when you know jake gyllenhaal basically is the one who kind of puts it all together and he he was the cartoonist for the newspaper so he wasn't even like an investigative writer so i don't know it's just really if you haven't seen it and you like good crime good looking movies well done movies zodiac is 
Oh yeah, it's excellent, and it's just well done. And it is. I mean, it's very well acclaimed. It's you know, it's a well acclaimed movie, and it's really good. Yeah, and there's a lot of like little suspenseful scenes without like big action. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's just it's it's just really really good. Absolutely. I've only seen it twice, though. It is also on Netflix. I know, it's on my list, and I look at it, and I'm like, I should see that again. Yeah. In fact, I may have only seen it once. Not sure. I own it. I'm quite positive I own all the movies I have on my list. I own most, and I've owned them all in the past. (laughs) Right. (laughs) In, like, different... (laughs) VHS some I've owned both Um, okay good good pick I chose as number 8 the movie School Ties it was 1992 Brendan Fraser Um, it's a movie Brendan Fraser plays a Jewish boy who goes to a any kind of a He's from a poor family and he goes to a very elite Catholic prep school because he's good at football and they need a win. And so he hides being Jewish from these bigots (laughs) that he's going to school with, (laughs) you know, these elitist Catholic kids uppity. He's not only poor, he's also Jewish. And it, it had to be on my list because this is one of those movies that, you know, I would watch with my sister Catherine late at night, and mm-hmm. when it was done, we would talk about it for hours, every time. <laughs> it just, the subjects it raised were kind of ones I hadn't thought of before. Right. You know, grew up in a very Mormon town. Um, just really good it just it it's one of those movies that awakened me to certain different lifestyles different ways of living that had a huge impact on me Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life and so I had to add it and it was just fun to watch and it's a boy school and you know cute boys cute boys and it's very uh it's a lot like dead poet society you know, mm-hmm. right. there's a big incident that happens mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it's kind of like they all have to kind of test their douchiness <laughs> or <laughs> do they actually have some sort of, you know, are are you going to be a douche or are you going to stand up for what's right? Um, they both kind of have that theme to it. And right. <laughs> this one is my favorite. Anyway, nice. that's on the list. <laughs> Excellent. I had to add it just because of what it uh, did for me, you know. Exactly. Some movies just open your mind and make you think right. a lot. And I'm a I'm a thinker. Right. Right. I think a lot of thoughts a lot all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, in fact, I do listen to podcasts quite a bit to like stop that because I need to. You know, I live inside my head a lot. 
Mm-hmm. And I think through things a lot, and sometimes I need to have a distraction. Anyway. Nice. Good pick. That's Thanks. a good movie. Yeah. All right. So my number seven is Fargo. Ooh, that's a good movie. Yep. 1996, directed by Joel and Ethan Cohen. It was really hard to pick a favorite Coen Brothers movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was waffling between Fargo and No Country for Old Men. Mm -hmm. But I just have to go with Fargo. Just the characters, the characters, the characters. Mm -hmm. I love them all so much. I love Jerry Lundegaard. (laughs) (laughs) William H. Macy is the best, even though he's so awful. You still just kind of feel bad for him. You feel bad for him, and you see where he's... I guess this is every Coen Brothers, but they start in a place that everyone can kind of understand where they go wrong and why, and you can almost understand it. Right. But it just always goes so wrong. (laughs) It goes so wrong because it's such a convoluted idea, and I just love that you... We never really know why he needed this money. You know? oh, that's right. We don't ever know. You just never you really know. You know it's urgent. You know it's urgent, like maybe a, a gambling problem or something that maybe. you never find out about. Or or just one of those guys that's not making as much as maybe his wife thinks she is, and so there's been debts that have just accrued over yeah, time. Exactly, exactly. But somehow, for for whatever reason, he needs to make a lot of money really quickly, and he comes up with this convoluted idea to have his wife kidnapped and held for ransom because he's got a rich father-in-law. And it just goes What horribly. could go wrong? <laughs> Everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. <laughs> Marge Gunderson, Francis McDormand uh-huh. is one of my all-time favorite characters in a movie. Oh, ever. yeah. That is such I, a memorable character. I love Marge. I love her and Norm's relationship. I love yeah. that he brings her Arby's for lunch and she gets some <laughs> You know, I love that he's a painter and is entering a contest to have ducks on a new stamp and that he ends up getting like the three cent stamp and she's all, that's good, Norm. You know, <laughs> people need those stamps when the postage goes up. You know, <laughs> I just love them. I. I love it when Marge is talking to the two prostitutes. I love it when she goes to lunch with that guy from high school. I I don't know. I just, this is such a great movie. It's, I don't know. It holds up, too. You can watch it. And it, I don't know. The Coen brothers are just masters at storytelling and character development. And uh-huh. just giving you an idea of. You just feel so cold watching this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Some of the scenes and uh, just oh, the end is so chilling. Oh, it is. It is when she, you know, there's the Sierra. There's the Sierra. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and he's putting the uh, the the wood chopper. (laughs) Uh huh. The wood chopper scene. Yeah, and just when she's driving the guy back, you know, to you know, to process him or whatever. And just her little speech, you know, she's like, it's a beautiful day. And, you know, this is all for money, you know, because uh-huh. so many people end up dying and uh, it's just such a fantastic all around movie. So 
That's my number seven. Lovely. My number seven, I picked Edward Scissorhands. Oh, nice. <laughs> this movie is kind of in the vein of my last pick. I saw it in the theater with the family. Mm-hmm. It was 1990. I was 13. How old would I be in 1990? 13 or 14. This movie knocked my socks off. <laughs> I I think it might have been my first Tim was it one of the first Tim Burton Johnny Depp I think it was their first I I would say it's probably their first collaboration it's be their first collaboration yeah it was gothic it was I don't know it blew me away and I bawled like a baby in the theater and I was so embarrassed sitting there with my family <laughs> I even. I remember I cried myself to sleep the night I saw that movie. It just oh. absolutely stunned me. <laughs> I don't know. It it really touched me. <laughs> and I've seen it a million times since, and it still does, not in the same way. But it it blew me away. Absolutely. And I know that we get a bad rap these days about the Tim Burton, Johnny Depp, but this is their first, and mm-hmm. just... You know, and this was my first taste of Tim Burton style, which I still, I have a soft spot for. Oh, yeah. And they made great movies together, and he makes beautiful movies, and I don't know, the storyline, and Edward, his gentle, misunderstood way, it just absolutely blew me away. That's an excellent pick. I think it's a wonderful story. Just absolutely delightful. It is. It is. I I need to revisit this movie. It's been a long, long time. It's a total modern day fairy tale with just a beautiful message. And just, I don't know. It was perfect for a 13, 14 year old budgeting goth girl. (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I was peewees would be the first Tim Burton experience this would be I probably the second right yeah probably yeah I think peewees came before this because yeah peewees definitely came before it yeah but yeah this I would say this is the first this is a fantastic movie I need to rewatch this one yeah you should because that it is. It's beautifully shot. And, and it is. It's done like a fairy tale. It, it is. It is very much. And isn't Vincent Price, doesn't he? Yes. Play? He yeah. plays his father of sorts. Right, right. Yeah. Excellent pick. Thank you. All right. Well, my number six is my first double because I couldn't pick one. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm just looking. Tim Burton did Batman and Beetlejuice first, and I saw those two. Oh, okay. But it was his first with Johnny Depp. With Johnny Depp. Okay, gotcha. So I'd already seen his style and liked it. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> you did a double. I did a double. In the matter I... of film spotting, you gotta cheat once in a while. 
I got to cheat once in a while because I just couldn't pick between these two. So I went. I and- didn't do a double. I just did a million honorable mentions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had more doubles than this, and then I moved. I had to pick one out of the two and move some down to honorable mentions, but this I just had to keep as a double, and it is my pretty in pink slash breakfast club. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't pick. So <laughs> I'll just call number six John Hughes. <laughs> John Hughes, John Hughes, 80s. You got to add yep. uh, six and candles there, too. Yeah, but pretty not, pink and breakfast club. Yeah. You know, I like 16 candles, but no, not the other, nearly. Right. The other two not, in a different category. Yep. I just don't like it nearly as much as I like these two. Um, I was the perfect age when yeah, these you were. came out. <laughs> I was 14 when pretty and pink came out and 15 when breakfast club came out. And I, the breakfast club, I love how it's primarily set in just one location, the library to high school. It's realistically depicts what could happen when five different people are locked up in a room together. I think, yeah, you know, it's pretty believable. Um, I don't quite buy that Allison and Andrew would get together, but I did buy Claire and Bender getting together. Yeah. Um, Bender is just the best. I love him. I love (laughs) talking about his father and falling through the ceiling. (laughs) <laughs> I I just love it when they're all sitting around together and talking. It's just it's just a great movie. Um Pretty in Pink that came out at the end of February of 86. I turned 15 on March 3rd. So I remember mom taking me and a bunch of my friends to see it for my birthday and we about died. <laughs> <laughs> We could totally relate to how much of an outsider Andy felt. That's uh-huh. the Molly Ringwald. Uh-huh. Just not really, not so much like the class thing, but just growing up, we grew up in a very small town that was very country western oriented. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and farmers. A lot of farmers, a lot of rodeo stuff, you know, a lot of FFA. So there was a lot of Wranglers at our school. (laughs) A lot of people wearing Wranglers. And me and my friends pretty early on kind of embraced more of the new wave look. Some of my friends way more than I did, but I was a little bit part of that group. So we could kind of relate to just, you know, being a little bit different in high school. Uh But, um, it just, I just love this movie. I love Blaine. I love Ducky. Ducky's one of probably my very favorite '80s character. I'm with you. Yep, I love Harry Dean Stanton as her dad. Mm-hmm. He's adorable. Um, the soundtrack. I wore out two cassettes of this soundtrack. <laughs> I probably listened to it. Well. Maybe a thousand times or more. <laughs> I mean, Psychedelic Furs, OMD, New Order, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Smiths. It, just such a great soundtrack. <laughs> yep. I had it. Yep. And, yeah, I I loved it. I love James Spader in it. I thought he played a great sleazy guy. He still does. Oh, man. Yeah. I remember we totally thought Andrew McCarthy was just going to be a superstar. But he made some 
poor choices after <laughs> pretty pink. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so adorable yeah. <laughs> in this movie. So, so yep, that's like my high school movie. The those two. <laughs> awesome. Yep. Um, number six, I picked The Apartment. Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine. I love it's dark, but you don't expect it to be dark. Mm-hmm. It looks like a sweet little 50s fun little romantic tromp, and it's dark, but it's light too. I I saw it pretty late. This is not one I discovered back in high school when I was watching all these old movies. I discovered it later, probably in my late 20s. And it was the first... I had seen Shirley MacLaine a lot, and it was the first time I had ever seen her young, and oh my gosh, she was the cutest little thing ever. <laughs> she is so adorable. <laughs> I, I haven't seen any others. This is the only one I've seen of her young, and she was so cute. And I love... I have got a very special place in my heart for Jack Lemmon. Mm-hmm. And I just love the story. And I love that it... Um, I love that it's dark. It goes places that most movies of those era did not go. Right. Especially a, a movie like this. You know, right. Alfred Hitchcock's might have gone, you know, that way a little bit, but... I don't know, not really. It, there's a suicide attempt in this, and mm-hmm. that just seems just really radical for this time period. But they right. they have these cute little light moments in his kitchen, and I don't know. I absolutely love it. I recommend it to people I meet. <laughs> it is. It's a great movie. It is. I I also love it when a movie like that goes unexpectedly dark. It's that's always really fun to me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm not afraid of the darkness. No, not at all. Me neither. But no, that's a great pick. That's a great, if someone is wanting to get into like older movies, that's, that's a really good one to, you know, and I do have it. (laughs) (laughs) Right on. All right. Okay, my number five is my second double choice because, again, I just couldn't pick. And it is uh, Monty Python's Holy Grail and The Life of Brian. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Two movies I grew up with so much. Oh, I just had to add comedies from our childhood. Yeah, what a great they... pick. Two great picks. <laughs> Life of Brian is so sacrilegious. (laughs) I know. It is so weird that our uber-Mormon parents loved this movie so much. (laughs) I'm still watching it today. It's just get a little hot under the collar. It's so sacrilegious, but it's so funny. It is so fantastic. And it's just, these movies were seriously backgrounds to our childhood i oh mean oh my gosh the our mom and the <laughs> the is it pontius pilot that's falling to the floor <laughs> yeah <laughs> i 
could just oh. still see my mom just quoting those just nonstop. These movies were quoted more <laughs> than anything, especially by our parents. Yes. <laughs> they, oh, I'm so glad you picked those. How fun. I mean, I am telling you, I would not be the person I am today. These help shape <laughs> like my yeah, I'm sure me too. <laughs> These and like the jerk, that's another one that was big. yes. <laughs> um, just seriously, it helped me develop what my sense of humor is today. The silliness, I love silliness and smart mm. humor, and that these just encompass. I mean, I mean, I, mom even took us to the Holy Grail as a to the midnight movie a couple times when. There was a Fox Theater in Provo that was kind of near Provo High, mm-hmm. and they would do, like, the midnight movies, like, you know, Holy Grail and, I don't know, what's the... the... That's when the audience would bring coconuts and stuff, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to, what's the other one with Frankenfurter? Um, Rocky Horror Picture Rocky Show. Rocky Horror. You know, it was one of those theaters that would do those kind of midnight movies. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple times, like on a Friday night, we would we would talk mom into taking us. I remember <laughs> going in my pajamas once. How fun! I was too young. <laughs> you were too young. I was probably like, we were living in the Roy Evans house, which is our when we moved from San Diego, we had to rent a house because the house we were building wasn't done yet. So this would have been like seventy nine, eighty. Yeah, I was three and four. Yeah, and I was like nine, nine and ten, so or eight and nine, I guess. Um. So yeah, a couple times mom took us to see it as the midnight movie. I mean, we do you remember that we even nicknamed you and Catherine Winston and Piglet? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was Piglet. <laughs> Catherine was Winston and Emily was Piglet. And they're, and they're the two female doctors in the castle. <laughs> Winston, Piglet. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, and then, yeah, I just, I love these movies with all my heart. I really do. I I will be buried with these movies <laughs> for them. <laughs> I love that. They bring back such fantastic silliness from my childhood. Some of my favorite memories are watching, watching and talking about these and laughing. So, yep. Cool. Yep, that's my number five. My number five is Reservoir Dogs. I love it. <laughs> I. <laughs> There's something about Reservoir Dogs that's. Uh, I have a hard time rewatching, um, Quentin Tarantino movies. They take a lot out of me. Mhm. And this is one I really seriously enjoy watching again. And I just remember just being blown away by the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. My first Quentin Tarantino was Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. And I saw this one after, because I'm like, wow. Same. Right, I was blown away. But I remember, like, Emily Peterson's older brother coming home from seeing Reservoir Dogs. And just couldn't stop talking about it. And we were like, huh, you know. But then we were pretty young, and <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> I enjoy it. I think it's just such a good story, and it's one that I, it's the Quentin Tarantino I really enjoy watching over and over. The other one, for some reason, I like to watch more than once is Inglorious Bastards. 
there's just something about that one that I have a lot of fun with, but yeah, that's a fun one. I really, I really enjoy Reservoir Dogs, and it has a lot of just the funny lines I just love, and same. No, I, and I might I... have more to say about that one. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I absolutely love Reservoir Dogs, and it's one that I can talk about a lot too. And you, it's just so fun to talk about, and it is a really fun one to talk about. It's there's just a lot that happens, and there's a lot that you don't know while it's going on. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, seeing, watching it, like, play out through different people's perspectives and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good. And chilling. Very chilling. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a very good movie. Well, excellent pick. And just cool. (laughs) Totally cool. It's so cool. There are very few cooler movies that have ever been made. I agree. Just the look of it, the aesthetics, the outfits, the color names. and <laughs> I don't know. I love it. Okay. Yep. Mr. Brown, that sounds like Mr. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can watch. It's on YouTube. The, the naming colors. And, why do I have to be Mr. Pink? <laughs> I love it how Steve Buscemi hates you, Mr. Pink. <laughs> I just... Absolutely. He's love. like, I'll be Mr. He picks another color. He's like, no, I got that guy on another job. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> That's a scene I can watch a lot. Yep. <laughs> and it's on YouTube, and I do watch it every once in a while. <laughs> <Just that scene. laughs> oh, that's awesome. I'll just watch that little scene. I will. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um,. My number four is Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Ooh. 1991, James Cameron. Yeah, that's another one. I just remember it coming out was such a big event and just talked about everywhere all the time. It is probably my very favorite movie experience I've ever had. Really? Yep. Seeing it in the theater because it just blew everyone away i mean i i'm a sucker for action movies terminator 2 is my favorite it is one of those i will watch it every single time i catch it huh. linda hamilton kicks ass i love the storyline i love that the terminator comes back but this time to save them i mean the scene when he and john go to the hospital to break his mom out Mm-hmm. Is so great because she sees Arnold Schwarzenegger and just oh that scene is so fantastic. She's so scared. You know? <laughs> yeah, it the has been a long scene. time and I only saw it. I've seen it once all the way through and then <laughs> parts. I bet you I've seen this movie close to a hundred times. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It's so fantastic when the T-1000 shows up and, oh, just, you know, the the special effects in this movie, you had just never seen this before. Like when he turns into the security guard or when he becomes the liquid metal and, like, pours himself into the, mm-hmm. in the helicopter and, you know, and just 
such great iconic scenes when when John's on the phone with what he thinks is his foster mom, and then it oh yeah, that's goes cool. up in the kitchen, and it's you know the T one thousand, and he's got like he he turned his arm into like a sword, and you know she like was he like stabs her through the neck. I mean, it's just oh, and he freezes and explodes. Oh, just it's such a great movie, and it, the story is good. And a lot of times in action movies. The storyline is so bad and right. doesn't make any sense. And it's just all about the, the explosions and the right. crisis and all that. But not this one. This one is just a great, a great marriage of the two. The story and the action is just, it just can't get better when it comes to action movies. It just doesn't get better than this one. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to revisit it. And I remember going to the theater with my boyfriend. It was when I was dating Brent Mm -hmm. and going with him and like four or five of his, you know, buddies and thinking, I'm going to hate this, but uh, oh, well, you know, Uh and just having seriously, just, it was just one of those movies where the audience was just together and just, you'd just never seen anything like it before. And I'm so glad I saw it in the theater. I've just never had an experience like that. I've had good theater experiences, but I would say this is the best. Hmm. That's awesome. I'm sure Star Wars was a great theater experience. I was just so young, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, Terminator 2, number four. Sweet. I had to pick for my number four, Gone with the Wind. <laughs> this was my childhood favorite. I don't think there is a nine-year-old on this planet that saw this movie more than I did. (laughs) And I think it was probably a weird choice. (laughs) I will second that. There is not a nine-year-old that watched this more. (laughs) (laughs) Watched it here. Watched it at Emily's house. We watched it at Amy's house. We were just these little girls, and we loved it, and we loved it. Rhett Butler, and we hated Ashley so much. (laughs) We hated Ashley so much. In fact, I love this movie so much. I think I read the novel when I was about 12. Mm -hmm. And I learned at that point that Scarlet was a much more sympathetic character in the book. And it enriched the movie. I, I don't know. I think my... Gone with the Wind obsession ended in my teenage years at some point. Mm-hmm. But it was my tween go-to. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't know. I had to add it because of just what it meant to me <laughs> from a young age. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that it's on your list. (laughs) And my friend, I don't know, I just happened to have friends that were obsessed with it, too. And my friend Emily had a mammy doll, and she had a little red petticoat. (laughs) 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 Oh, boy. Oh, and I was still pretty young when someone made a sequel to it and called it, it was called Scarlet, a book, and it was huge, and I was... I was probably about 14, and I read that, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that little world. Just loved it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You love Tara as much as I love Middle Earth. (laughs) (laughs) The antebellum South. (laughs) Who knew? (laughs) You did like designing women a lot, too. I did. Kat and I watched that a lot. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh. That's a good one. I don't know. Gone with the Wind. I I just don't like that movie that I much. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I am an island, but <laughs> that movie's just has meant a lot <laughs> back in the day. It, it I would have been shocked. My little younger self would be shocked if I didn't add it. Right. No, I I understand. <laughs> That's what this list is. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I remember the listener that suggested we do this is, you know, it's finding out people's favorite movies is kind of a nice little insight to who you yes. are. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I had so much fun reading everybody's list that wrote in. Exactly. Little insights. All right. All right. So my number three is To Kill a Mockingbird. Ooh. 1962. Oh, I hate that. I didn't name my daughter Scout or anything like that. Nope. <laughs> the thing with the movie that everyone thinks is weird is I've only seen it once. What? I am just... Huh. That movie, I don't know. I have read the book no less than 15 times. Mm-hmm. And I have an old copy of it that I have written in so much. Now that is a book version of like shaping my life when I read it. It blew my mind and... Right. Introduced me to subjects I had never even thought about and shaped me. Absolutely shaped me. Mm-hmm. And I named, I, when I first read it in seventh grade, I'm like, I'm going to have a daughter named Scout. Yep. So I love that pick. I just, I never would, I thought about it because that's like my all time book, but the movie I just did not embrace. Although I love. There's no reason why I wouldn't. I mean, I think it was well done. It's and Gregory Peck, holy crap! Oh, Gregory Peck as Atticus Finch is mm-hmm. another one of those brilliant casting choices where you just no one else could have played Atticus the way. Yeah, and so Atticus fantastic. is definitely my favorite character, and probably of books, he's in my top couple. Mm-hmm. And Scout's not, but. There was something so cute about a little girl named Scout, and I just don't know if I could get away with naming a boy Atticus. And I didn't have any boys. <laughs> I only was blessed with girls. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is, I love this movie. I can watch it over and over. I love the book, too. I've read the book probably five or six times. Um, and I wrote down, I'm willing to bet this is the only movie that also makes M's top ten. I, I didn't know that you hadn't, you weren't that familiar with the movie. Yeah, so I guess I I guess I'm so into the book. Yeah, I I guess I just assumed that you loved the movie too. I guess you know. I like the movie, but yeah, I mean, I I love I love this little world. I love Atticus. I love Scout and Jem. I love Dill, Mm -hmm. and I love Dill in the movie. His little button-up shirts and. love him i think it holds up to the book too i think it's one of the best adaptations of a movie or or, you know movies that are 
from a book. I think it's one of the best done. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a great story. You but know? I love the book so much more. Yeah. No, I can see that. I just, I think I embrace the book so wholeheartedly that I don't have as much of a place in my heart for the movie as, I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. That's my number three. I love that movie so much. I own it. The day after Gregory picked, I Cam bought it for me on DVD because he knew Aww. I was sad. Oh, how sweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Well, good pick. Thank you. I chose for my number three. Um, maybe I shouldn't have, but I did, and this is my list. I chose Girl Walk All Day. I was wondering if that was going to be on there. <laughs> And it's new. It's probably my newest. I guess we didn't have the rule that it has to be a theatrical release. <laughs> no, I didn't. We never said that. And <laughs> there, I don't know. This is when I struggled with where to put it. Mm-hmm. But when I think about it, I don't know. <laughs> there is not anything in this world I could do that wouldn't that would, um, could turn my mood around more than watching Girl Walk all day. Right. And I have introduced this movie to so many people, and so many people that thought they'd hate it, mm-hmm. that absolutely loved it, adored it, couldn't believe it, got totally into it. And there's no, there's no talking, it's all dance. Yep. <laughs> and... I had to add it because it just makes me so happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great pick. And when I think of movies that Emily loves, this is definitely one I think it of. Just, yeah, it has yep. to be on my it's, list. Yep, no, I, it doesn't surprise me at all. I just didn't know if you were giving yourself like a rule about, you know, it has to be something that's in the theater or. I know. made no rules. I made no rules. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I didn't make that rule either, but might all happen to be theatrical. <laughs> <laughs> so no, that's a that's a good. And where can people see it if they're listening and hearing about this for the first time? Well, now last time, I put it. I put one of the songs that appear on it um, in our last McKinley cast, and Dave Maresca from the DMV podcast Empire mm-hmm. sent me a message going, "Where did you get?" that compilation that he played at the end. And I'm like, oh, let me tell you. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. (laughs) And you are going to be glad you asked. (laughs) Because not only are you going to find out, you're going to have a movie to watch. And anyway, I haven't heard back from him about it. But um, so maybe that's someone that hated it and just hasn't wanted to tell me. But he enjoyed that little song I played from it. Um, Anyway, when I looked it up, the website was down, and I don't know if that was wrong or not. So let's look. Oh, it's back on. Okay. Yay. Uh, You can watch it online for free. Uh, Girlwalkallday.com There's a little button that says watch the film. And watch it. Watch it. It, watch it, watch it. 
I'm one of those that Emily had recommended it and recommended it, and I finally watched it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> it is so good. The music is so good, and the dancing is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And it just, like I said, it it will bring a smile to my face. I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've seen it a ridiculous amount of times in the past, <laughs> I don't know, almost two years. I discovered it fairly early. And I was mm-hmm. able, at that time, the, I have a copy of the DVD that was actually, like, assembled and mailed to me by the director of the film. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that anymore. So I don't think you can get it on DVD anymore. And so right. I'm going to hold on to that copy I have nice and tight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, it's nice. for free. The soundtrack, it was based on a on a girl talk album called All Day, which is also available for free because it's basically just mashed up songs. And so there's no way they could ever afford to get all the rights <laughs> to actually release it. So he just oh, released right. it online. Yeah. yeah. You will, you will, you have to kind of semi at least tolerate rap and hip hop. Yep. Cause there's plenty of that, but it'll, it'll weave together songs that you know very well, everybody. Yes. In brilliant ways. And then they danced to it perfectly. And they filmed, they came up with a story that's told through dance that is very cohesive and easy to follow. It's it's a lot of fun. Yep. It is. Yep. I'm glad that you have that on your list so people can watch it. Hopefully they will. All right, so my number two is Unforgiven. Uh-huh. 1992, Clint Eastwood. This movie is a masterpiece. I mean, even if you don't like westerns, you will like this. It's Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman. They're fantastic. Gene Hackman as Little Bill is so good. He's so awful. I've it, never seen Unforgiven. <laughs> you need to see it it's come up in enough lists that i guess i better add one something for my sisters i've never seen it's just it's such a great classic western gunslinger prostitutes bad sheriff you know kind of all the little tropes (laughs) (laughs) perfectly put together and well done and it's just a just a wonderful movie. I love it so much. Awesome. And yeah, I I really can't say much. It 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 is just so good. The story is so good, and yeah, it's great. So you need to watch it. Cool. Everyone needs to watch it. I put it down. <laughs> My number two is Exit Through the Gift Shop. Oh, nice. That's my other. I have two pretty new releases. Exit. Now, I have always loved documentaries. I love documentary-type TV shows. I love documentary movies. And this one turned the documentary world on its ear. Right. It's about... No, it was... um, it was a Sundance 
um, picture. And so the writer-director is Banksy, who is a street artist in, in England, who remains anonymous in his everyday life because, you know, he basically has made a living off of vandalizing public property. <laughs> right. With clever street art. And this movie is done by him, and it follows a bunch of street artists that have their name out there. And including this guy named Mr. Brainwash, who, <laughs> I, I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything. Right. Because <laughs> the documentary just absolutely takes you places. And it's about art, and it's it's about street art, which is done so well, and it's so clever, and it's so much fun. And, you know, when Banksy talks in his documentary, his voice is distorted and his face is covered. Yep. And when it came to Sundance, we only know that Banksy was there because he left Sundance with a few Banksy originals. Yep. One which got vandalized last year, which was atrocious. Yep. Um, One he did on a house where the house owners repainted over. Because that just idiots. kills me. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I love that so much that he came and no one knew he was there except that he, he left, left his, his street art. Yep. And... That movie gets over and it leaves you just wanting to talk about art mm -hmm. for hours. You just want to talk about art, everything about it. Even though this is street art, it just brings everything about art you love and everything you can discuss about it, the good, the bad, the commercialism, what makes a good painting, what makes it expensive. Right, right, exactly. And it's the first documentary I ever saw that had a twist in it. Yep. And it's so good. And everyone, everyone needs to see this movie. Does it still stream on Netflix? Let me check. I think it does. I think it does. So that's a really easy way. I was so happy when I saw that it was on Netflix because I had heard all the buzz, especially the Sundance buzz. Uh-huh. Yes. And... You know, really wanted to see it, but wasn't sure how I was going to be able to, you know, unless I bought it those off of iTunes. Sundance, or... Yeah, and those Sundance movies, you're like, are we ever going to see these? Because I keep a close eye on these big film festivals, and I hear, right. you know, all my favorite critics talk about these movies they've seen, and there's always that wonder right. if you're going to be able to see if, it. If it's going to be distributed in a way that, you know, we can watch it, so... I was really happy when I saw that Exit Through the Gift Shop was streaming on Netflix. That's how I saw it. It's still there. Okay. So watch it, people. Seriously. Watch it. Even if you're not, like, into art or anything. Or into street art or don't think you are. It's so interesting and so well done. Yeah. And I remember getting, like, goosebumps when I saw Banksy on camera, you know, even though you... Yeah. You, like, it is distorted and his face is covered. She's like, that's Banksy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy is the coolest person that ever lived. When Paris Hilton came out with an album, he took, I, I think he might have bought, like, all of them in this London store, and he 
he made little notes and he does like ironic commercialism notes that's kind of his thing and he vandalized all these copies and then he put them back in the store in all these stores <laughs> so <laughs> he shrink wrapped them back so people didn't know he just does the coolest stuff he does and you have no idea he could be a barista at a starbucks for all you know uh-huh. you know i mean there's just who knows who he is in his everyday life He's just, he's like the Batman of street art. Yeah, and, yeah, see this movie. Yep. See this one and Girl Walked All Day. That's my <laughs> request to everybody out there. <laughs> nice, that's a good pick. I love that movie. And I love documentaries, and that's my only documentary, and I was going to do a documentary list, and I forgot, but. You know, so did I, and I love documentaries, too. And I don't. Maybe I don't someday know. we'll do a top documentaries. Yeah, yeah. All right. Number one. My number one is Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so we did have one the same. We did have one in common. It wasn't the one I thought we were no. going to, but I'm That's delighted. Funny. I'm delighted too. I didn't know it'd be on your list. Yep. I. I love everything about this movie. I love the cast. I love the dialogue, the violence, the names, the story, (laughs) the music. (laughs) Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Reservoir Dogs. Sue is going to spoil a main plot. So fast forward a couple seconds, it's all. (laughs) The cop knowing Mr. Orange was a cop was great. Yep. The ending scene with Mr. Orange and Mr. White is so fantastic. Because if you haven't seen it, that is a good reveal. That is a good reveal. And just how Harvey Keitel is so brilliant, just how devastated he is. Oh, yeah. When he finds out that Mr. Orange was a cop. So good. Oh, we gotta gotta watch that movie now. (laughs) I know. When they all shoot each other. So good. So good. And then just Michael Madsen dancing is unforgettable. Anyone who's seen this movie, you cannot hear the song Stuck in the Middle with You without picturing Michael Madsen. Oh, yeah. Doing his little dance and then cutting off that ear. That (laughs) is an indelible image that will stay with you (laughs) and will chill you. And it's such a song that everyone has heard a million times and it'll never be the same again. And that's so cool. (laughs) Yep. It changes it. Yep. It's just, it's such a brilliant movie. I just love it. Yep. I love it. I love their suits. I love their talk in the very beginning about tipping the waitress. I, I don't know. I just, it's such (laughs) a great movie. That's the other scene in the little, the tiny guitar or the tiny violin. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> the world's smallest violin. Yep. So. Awesome. My number one. I chose Sense and Sensibility. Did you guess this? <laughs> I figured it was going to be on your list. I had to put it as my number one. I have such a love for this movie and this book. It's my favorite Jane Austen. It's based on a Jane Austen novel, her first one. I love 
this story so much. <laughs> and it has relevance in my life because I dated a lot of Willoughby's. <laughs> and I'm kind of a Marianne. And I dated men that were Willoughby's. Just me as a guy. And it was just never worked out. And then I, I found my Colonel Brandon and Rob. I really did. <laughs> I, when I met my husband, there was no interest. And I always, yep. from a little kid, the man I was going to marry, I was going to know it right away, and we were going to be so alike, and we're going to have everything in common. And then I meet Rob, and I'm 23. He hates movies. He listens to hip-hop. I was goth. <laughs> I was more of a vamp than I was goth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wasn't like paint my face white and a teardrop and all of that. No. I was vampy. Um, he didn't like movies. I've, I've been obsessed with movies since I was born. Yep. And we had nothing in common, but boy, we laughed together. But it was just... I just dated other people, and he had a crush on me. Mm-hmm. I remember. For a long time. And one day, it just clicked. And I figured out <laughs> that the best thing in the world is for you to not have all these common interests, because you introduce each other to a new world, and that is awesome. Right. Now we were very alike, but <laughs> it was so fun to introduce him. He just loved my love of all the things I loved, but he didn't love them. But he loved them. He started, I don't know, we just, it was so Colonel Brandon and Marianne. <laughs> 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 and he turned out to be the love of my life. And I love that there's a movie that's so like our love story. He wasn't older. He's actually long, younger than me. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, he's someone I just didn't think about, knew he kind of liked me, but one day it just turned, and mm -hmm. it totally did. And it was it's deep, and it's awesome. And this was my favorite movie before all this happened. <laughs> So right. when I realized that we were these two, I was like, holy crap, that's the coolest thing that ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I love it. It's funny. It's romantic. Jane Austen ruined the ending. It was her first book, and she really uh, dropped the ball on the end. The book ending is vague. It goes the same way, kind of, mm -hmm. but the movie enriched that so much. And it's amazing because, I mean, the director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, what's his name? Just dropped, I just totally blanked. <laughs> oh, um, ye, no, um, Bip. Ang, Ang Lee. Lee. Yeah. It's done by Ang Lee, and it's his first English movie and it's just it's such a strange surprise That's that right. he directed this movie yeah i remember being surprised that he was the one that directed sense and sensibility yeah. anyway it's he does these beautiful shots and 
he went places that I think another director wouldn't have taken care in doing that just made this movie so well done. And Emma Thompson wrote the script. She plays the oldest daughter, Eleanor, who my daughter is named after. And she's a little old for the book. She's supposed to be the older sister and kind of should have been married by now, but she was not Emma Thompson's age. <laughs> but it works, I guess, for a movie because we wouldn't see a 17-year-old and be like, yeah, she needs to be married. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but back in that day, she was kind of an old maid. Right. So it worked. So I'm glad. And it's, it's beautiful casting. And the Willoughby in the book, it goes a different way. And he he explains himself to her. And he doesn't in the movie. And he's a very unsympathetic character in the movie. But in the book, he is very sympathetic. And it makes that love story that much more sad and tragic. And it's so good. To combine the book and the movie together is the perfect thing. Nice. Anyway, love it. It's my favorite movie of all time. I have no problem saying that for my number one. The rest I'm iffy about the placement, but yeah, that's my favorite movie ever. Excellent. I even map my love life after it. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing I don't map my life after my number one movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the contrast between our two number ones is hilarious. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So there's our top ten. Ten. I yeah, was going to mention, there's a, a slight funny little tie between two of mine. So, a few years ago, I won the Film Spotting's uh, Massacre Theater. Oh, yeah. And it was a line from To Kill a Mockingbird. That's right. And back then, they were you got to go to a website and pick out a DVD that was like $25 or less or something as, as your prize. Mm -hmm. And the one I picked was the Criterion Collections uh, Shortcuts. <laughs> <laughs> I also won... Um, Massacre Theater. Massacre yep. Theater. I won for Wonder Boys. The movie's good. But the book is one of my all-time favorites. It's probably in my... I know it's in my top ten mm -hmm. favorite books. I love Wonder Boys. The yep. movie was pretty good, but I knew the line because of the book. <laughs> and I that was back when you got a shirt. Yep. I wanted about a year after you did, I think. I think so. Yep. Anyway, yeah. we are both film spotting Massacre Theater winners. Woohoo! Which you may not know about us. <laughs> now you do. <laughs> Yep. Um. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Get the 
stairs Clowns to the left of me Jokers to the right Here I am Stuck in the middle with you Yes, I'm stuck in the middle with you And I'm wondering what it is I should do It's so hard to keep the smile from my face Losing control, yeah 